1: Well, today we're gonna to talk a little bit about what it looks like to repay someone for something owed. Now this isn't really a new concept to you, I'm sure. I'm certain we are all really familiar with what it means to pay someone else back for what you owe. So for example, when a bill shows up in your mailbox today and you know whatever form of payment you use, that you have to pay your so-called debt to the water company or electric company. Or if a friend loans you money, if you're a good friend, at least, you will eventually pay them back. You get the idea. We recognize when we owe something to someone else, and ideally we make good on reimbursing them, paying them back. Well, this same sort of concept pops up today in our scripture reading, except this time it's God saying to us that we're due a certain form of payment, so to speak. God isn't focused on monetary debts or some sort of exchange of goods and services that we're more used to. But instead, God sees and acknowledges the pain, the heartache that all of us people have gone through and says, you're due, due for some payment of hope and peace and joy. God is determined to sort of make things right. so. First, we're going to hear a brief passage from the Old Testament book of Joel, a book we don't tend to read from very often. And we hear these words that this prophet Joel speaks on behalf of God to a whole community of people who are really struggling. And while it might have been to a particular group of people, it really applies to each of us as well. So if you can, listen closely for those words referencing repayment, that sort of idea. So here are words from Joel, chapter 2. O children of Zion, be glad and rejoice in the Lord your God, for the Lord has poured down for you abundant rain. The threshing floors shall be full of grain, the vats shall overflow with wine and oil. I will repay you for the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the hopper The destroyer and the cutter my great army which i sent against you you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the lord your god who has dealt wondrously with you and my people shall never again be put to shame you shall know that i am in the midst of israel and that i the lord am your god and there is no other then afterwards i will pour out my spirit on all flesh your sons and your daughters shall prophesy Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. So let's take a listen to a reflection on this passage and see how it might help us better understand God's own desire to repay us, in a way, for our struggles. Well, friends, grace and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I don't imagine that many of you have ever had the occasion to visit the town of Danbury, Iowa, population 320 in the last census. It's located in the northwest corner of the state, not too far from the Sioux City area. But if you were to drive along Highway 175 through Danbury, you would pass right by Barry Motors. A Ford dealership that's been owned by the Barry family for the last 80 plus years. Well, a few years ago, a letter arrived in the mail at this dealership addressed to Bill and Bob Barry, who were brothers that, and the original owners of this uh, business. And the letter said this Dear Bill and Bob, back in the 1950s, I worked for you getting cars ready, cleaning up the yard and such while in high school at Danbury. You even let me have an old Mercury to drive as part of my job. One day, as I I was invited to sing at a solo contest at Westmar College in Lamars, and since I only had rags and worn out shoes, you loaned me the money to buy a white shirt and a pair of shoes. I got you mostly paid back, but I still owed you $14. Well, I'm 79 years old now and ready to go out. I have heart problems, COPD, and I just had a small stroke. I should have done this earlier, but being poor, I never had much. I promised the Lord I wouldn't have debts. So here is $20. Hopefully I can be forgiven for not paying you back soon enough. Signed, Bob Bradley. Now, the elder Barry brothers to whom he was writing were no longer living, but the current owner, Brian Barry, who was Bill's grandson, was eventually able to track down the author of this letter and he wrote a note back to Bob. And among the things he said in this longer letter was, we wanna thank you for taking the time to send your note and the money for reminding us that there are still really good people in this world. It brought back a lot of good memories of my grandfather. Thank you. Signed, Brian Barry of Barry Motors. It is this sweet little exchange, a beautiful story for lots of reasons, that this man half a century later would decide to write a letter and send a $20 bill in the mail as if someone somewhere had just been waiting for that final payment, that he'd been mulling over those $14 of some sort of debt for years, And at some point, he just decided this was the day. He was going to make good on what he still owed. Even if that perceived debt had long been forgotten, forgiven by others. There is, I think, a certain power in being able to pay back what you owe. Or maybe even equally so, there's power in receiving reimbursement or payment from another, for someone to acknowledge what is owed to you, whatever that might be, even $14. Which is maybe, I think, why it feels like there is some significance in the words that we hear from this small little book of Joel that speaks to the idea of paying one's debts. God is speaking through Joel, this prophet, to a people who have been struggling We're just sort of slogging through life, and God says, I will repay you. I will repay you for the years that you have lost, for the emotional and physical toll you have endured. In so many words, I'll make it right. For a little bit of context to this story, to background to these words, Joel is this very short book in the Old Testament, and most of the book actually is pretty grim. There's probably a reason we actually don't read from Joel on Sunday or Saturday evenings uh, very often. <laughs> it's not a real exciting or uh, fun book to read. But Joel describes how there has been this plague of locusts. And if you've seen a locust, up close. You know that one is disgusting enough. (laughs) But now Joel talks about how they have covered the entire ground. They've decimated crops, which in turn has caused years of famine, which has then limited access to food, all sorts of community instability, chaos, uncertainty. This is 3,000 years ago where they don't have any tools at hand to combat this kind of famine. Even long after the locusts are gone, they are feeling the effects of this plague. It would have had no warning, no way to know how long this famine would last, just sort of years of unrest, of waiting for life to return to normal, years of wondering where God was in the midst of all this turmoil, which is about where we pick up, where Joel begins to speak, speak these words of promise and hope to people who are desperately needing to hear it. Joel speaking on behalf of God says, be glad and rejoice. The trees are bearing fruit again. Soon there will be silos full of grain and vats full of good wine and barrels full of olive oil. I will repay you, God says. I'll repay you for the years that the swarming locusts have eaten. We're familiar with the act of repayment. If you owe a friend $10 for them buying your lunch the other day, or someone decides to pay $14 50 years later for what they owe to someone. or You swipe your credit card at the gas pump. You know that you are paying them for the, the gas that you need, actually you're paying the credit card company that's paying the gas station for you. You're repaying what you owe. But it sounds a little bit different when God is the one speaking of repaying us. And rather than mention some sort of price tag, God says, I will repay you for the years that you have lost, for the time that you can't get back where you have been in pain or suffering or heartache. I will repay you for this time that the swarm of locusts stole from you and your family and this entire community. God promises to repay us, not with money or goods or services, but with hope. Hope for what then comes next. Winston Churchill actually brought this phrase of the locust years into a sort of common British saying in the 1930s. He referred to in a speech of his the the years that the locust had eaten as this period of time when Britain should have been increasing their arms, preparing to face Germany in war. And rather the country was sort of stuck in indecision and in inaction and later found themselves sort of unprepared for war. It was lost time in Churchill's mind, years that the locust had eaten. they had just sort of dwindled away and hadn't used as they could, and now they couldn't get it back. I think all of us, or metaphorically, have been victims of locust years, whatever that time frame might be. Time lost that we so wish we could have back. Early on in the midst of this pandemic, so many of us felt this battle with time, right? I heard parents so many times say things like, my kids, they're missing out on these normal experiences that they'll never get back. Or others that I visited in a hospital bed that can tell they feel like they're just watching time go by as they sit in the bed, feeling trapped as they just want to feel better to get back home or to their normal routines again. I was talking with a man a few months ago who was diagnosed with an aggressive cancer and it didn't take long for he and his wife to both turn to talk about time. Have we made the most of the time we have? How do we make the most of the time we have left? Whatever that might be and not let it get eaten up by sadness or fear or what the future might hold. All of us have this lost precious time and energy being consumed with worry or sickness or anger or whatever you name in your own mind and so god whispers to each of us in a way i will repay you for the years that the locusts have eaten we're not given back days or months or years We haven't figured out how to travel back in time just yet, but God describes how we'll be repaid with this confident hope that what we have lost isn't actually all there is, that there's more yet to come. We are given this gift of time that contrary to the past can now be filled in the future with abundant peace or reassurance this comfort for the journey, or some possibility of renewed joy. God says, I'll give you this outpouring of my spirit, the promise of my presence with you, so that when you were consumed with doubt, you could set that down, and instead just be fully present. Or where you were hurt and grieving, now, you can be made whole again. You can be filled with God's spirit. Whether it is on this side of heaven or the next, God promises to repay us for whatever our struggles or our pain that we've all walked through, no matter how long it takes for that payment to come. There's almost something beautiful just about this God of ours who simply acknowledges what we have lost, the pain we have faced, A God who can stop and speak to us that maybe we're owed something for our hurt and our pain. So we're promised that those locust years don't have the final word. The destruction of grief or fear or worry does not last forever. With those four little words, God gives us this pretty big promise. I will repay you. An odd sort of blessing, I think, but maybe just enough for today. Amen. turn now to God in prayer speaking those words Jesus taught us through the Lord's prayer our father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as in heaven give us today our daily bread forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Quite possibly the very best IOU we could ever receive. It comes from God. The promise that we will be given new life and peace and renewed joy. So embrace this day, knowing that God has promised the payment of hope for all of us. Amen.
0: I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and thanks for your support of the ministries of St. Paul Lutheran Church. Our commitment to projects that lend hope to other people stretches across the country and around the world. We hope that in a good way you feel a part of that reach. Tune in next Thursday for another edition of the St. Paul Podcast.